0: Thank you for listening to the My Age Podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a map from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Uh, before I start, look, thank you very much for everybody who's listening, whether this be your first episode or the sixth, because this is actually episode six coming out the last Friday of every month. Um, tell, If you haven't already, tell your friends, grab their phones, download the Mixcloud app from the App Store. Search for the My Age podcast and follow that bad boy. It's pretty simple. And you'll get notifications of whenever a new episode comes up. And you can also follow the uh, High Fives podcast. What's up, Nate? What's up, Mike? Um, they just released a cracking episode today. Um, and I enjoy doing my reply to that. So you should check that out as well. Uh, what's happening with me at the moment? As I record this on the t- Wednesday the 28th of June... Uh, it's, Cody's actually seven months today for anyone playing at home and keeping score. Uh, he's in the early stages of crawling, so we, Nicole and I bought a pool noodle and have cut it up and started shell proofing the house, so if he falls and hits his head on something, um, hopefully it's a soft little pop from the pool noodle as opposed to a, a horrendous thud from glass or timber or whatever, um. And the tears will be happier tears and not I'm really hurt tears. Anyhow. So what else is going on? Uh, recorded bass tracks to the new Isaac Graham album, which hopefully, I think he said is due out in September, So, which is fucking cracking. Um, Isaac, raconteur, good, just fantastic singer-songwriter, fantastic human being, um, just all round good person and stoked to be able to play on his album. Uh, it's Nicole's birthday on Tuesday, the 4th of July, so she won't listen to this, so I could probably rattle off the presents that I got for her, and she'll be none the wiser, but I won't, because that's kind of weird. Um, let's get, I guess let's talk about the episodes. So, look, I'm stoked on everybody who comes on, who comes on the episodes. Thank you to the other five guests that I've had. Um, thank you to everybody who's written, and asked, you know, sorry, who's expressed interest in being on the episodes, um, and talked about, you know, potentially teeing up some dates to record this. Again, I'm really busy, so once a month is about my maximum effort I can kind of put into it at the moment. Um, obviously I'd like to ramp that up a bit more, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, today particularly, um... Today's guest is Bo Butler, and he is the cheerleader-slash-backing singer-slash-dancer in a band called Avail. Now, we talk about it in the episode, but my my love of Avail runs very deep, and they pretty much changed my life in the most non-corny way you can imagine. Like, uh, well, you know, yeah, they changed my life, I'd say, for the better. Um, Basically... I mean, we talked about it in the episode, so I don't, really t- I don't need to tell you about it right now. Um, but yeah, look, if you haven't heard of our before, just start, on, start listening with anything. Anything you dial up, anything you buy off iTunes or, heaven forbid, walk into a record store and buy something there, you'll be into. Um, you can't go wrong with any of it. And their live album, Live at the Bottom of the Hill, hands down, is my favourite live album of all time. I think I actually mentioned on this episode as well, kind of fanboy out a little bit. So that's kind of cool. Um, someone actually mentioned to me, I'll just get this out of the way now, um, when they looked at the podcast, they're like, oh, there's a lot of guys you interview, uh, you just don't want females on on there, and my response is, which I will say now, I've asked just about as many girls as I've asked guys to be on the episode, it just so happens that When I send out emails saying... And I send out messages saying... Hey, would you like to do this podcast? Um, For some reason... Guys get back to me quicker... And I'm more keen to do it... I'm not sure why... But I've got about half a dozen girls... That I've been speaking to... But we just haven't teed up at... Time at the moment... Um, But they are in the works so... Please don't think... It's... You know, it's... All boys fun... It's a boys club or whatever... Because it's definitely not... Um, just, it's just the way it's worked out, which is kind of shitty, I'd obviously rather have it mixed in, so it's just not dude after dude after dude, but, that's honestly just the way it's panned out, so, yeah, I'm trying my best to fix that, but, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a kid, kind of, at heart, you know, you know what I'm saying. I don't, know, I don't know what I'm saying, so I don't expect you to know what I'm saying at the moment because it's kind of late. Uh, again, thank you for listening. So, look, if you're driving, drive safe. Don't get too excited by the conversation. If you're chilling, then chill hard. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Bo Butler from Avail. Kill. Cool. Like the, the idea of the podcast was based around five descendant songs. Right. Um, so the f- but I don't like to say okay so this first part is parents and da da da, da. I just like to make it a, I just like to kind of make it flow. But this is right. like, like podcast number 6 so you know there's only so much right. flying I can get for being so experienced <laughs> with it all so. Yeah. Right. Um so yeah, Bo Butler's cool to refer I mean not Bo Butler but like, but the Bo Butler's what your name, not Bobo, not just Bo, nothing, you
1: know, just... No, I mean, what do I go by? Yeah. I mean, I just go by Bo, but yeah, cool. I mean, like my friends and my long-term friends have always called me Bobo.
0: Yeah. Where did that stem from?
1: Uh, God, it's the worst story ever. So <laughs> I love bad stories. So it was in kindergarten and me and Tim went to, went to kindergarten together yeah. and uh, there was a kid that stuttered and said, it, said my name twice. And like, I guess in kindergarten, that kind of stuff kind of sticks with you, right? Yeah, like, you never so lose that. It 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 hurt my feelings, and I went home and cried and told my dad, and my dad thought it was really funny.
0: As you, yeah. So he started.
1: Do. So he so he called me Bobo for a little bit, and then of course Tim picked it up.
0: Yep.
1: And then it kind of just kind of flowed around, and and I almost got away from it, because yeah. I kind of got I kind of got annoyed by it by the time I was like, you know, fourteen or fifteen or so. Yeah, and I was trying to get away from it, and then I was officially part of a veil, and we put it on the first demo, and it was kind of a joke, like, haha ha, now yeah. you're stuck with it." Yeah, and now then it just was, and I was like, "Fuck it up." Yeah, since, since since as long as I can remember, somebody has somebody has called me Bobo.
0: That's fantastic. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic. So, okay, so what did you you were talk? You you know, uh, your dad was around when you were younger, and I guess your your mum was around when you were younger. What were they listening to musically? Um, oh, my my sorry, no, before I go on, if it's okay to give away, what year were you born? Uh,
1: 1971. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, March of 1971. Yeah. yeah, my mom didn't really listen to a lot of music. My mom listened to whatever my dad listened to. Yeah. And my dad my dad listened to like a lot of rock and roll, like, you know, early, late, late 70s rock and roll, because I think he, uh, he wanted to be in a band really bad yeah. when he was younger. And then I came around, and he was only like 22, I think. So like it wasn't something that I was not something that they had planned, right? Yeah. So he listened to a lot of. He didn't listen to like rock and roll, like Led Zeppelin and stuff. He he listened to more like I want to say almost like pop rock. You know what I mean? Like Like, not like. What the neck or something? yeah cuz well I don't know I mean whatever was it was on the radio cuz yeah. you know there wasn't I mean there was record stores but I mean nobody really bought records then like he did a little bit but yeah. they were expensive. Yeah. So whatever was on the radio like he listened to Crosby Stills Nash and all that kind of garbage. Yep. Yep. And 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 then like and then I remember when the one record that I remember that he he played a lot that I actually turned like I the couple records that I actually still like he got me into Hollow Notes and I love Hollow Notes. I don't give a shit. Everybody could kiss my ass. I love dude, that band.
0: My my dad used to make the best playlists and they always God, like they're one, so good. Yeah, one Hollow Notes track on it, like Man
1: Eater. God. Oh dude. Yeah, they were so good. But yeah. Uh Hollow Notes and, Oates, and he, he really liked the band Chicago. And okay. like he listened to music and he played music his you know, like his entire life, and he still plays music now. Yep. But you know, that that was kinda like the I don't know, like that, it, it was kind of like everything that I found punk rock and everything that I wanted to listen to was everything that I hated about all the music that I listened to. Yep. yep. So it's kind of, you know, like, so of course, you know, like I shit on it forever and ever and ever. As you do. And then, it's, yeah, right? It's your, then I think it's, come your, back it. it's your
0: job as a son to hate, whatever, hate a lot for, of what your dad listened to.
1: For sure, you know, and of course it's the job of my dad to hate everything that I listened to. Like yep. he could not deal with it. I was lucky enough to be brought up around... The DC area, so like, yep. I could, I got grounded and couldn't go see Minor Threat. Like, so that's how old I am. I,
0: I've got, <laughs> I, I. This is, I was saying to a friend last night. I've done some. I, I don't research any guests that I listen to because I just like right. to be spontaneous. But I was like, I think I need to interview. I think I need to research you because you're going <laughs> to drop some knowledge on me, and you've got like you've got a million and one tales, I'm sure. And the last, <laughs> the last point I came across was. I read that you got grounded and missed a minor threat show. So it's a two-part question, but I think I know yeah. the answer to the second part. What did you? The first part is, what did you do to get grounded? That's the A. Uh, and
1: B, was it worth it? No, it wasn't worth no, it. Whatever it was, yeah. it wasn't worth it. I think it was just I just got in trouble at school, really. Like, I okay. was just doing something dumb. Because, I mean, I was in eighth grade, so I was only, like, 13 years old, and I had just found punk rock, right? Yep. yep. And so... And so my friend was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see this band, th- We should, you know, you know, we'll- I think it was on a Thursday or Friday. where he's like, you can pretend to stay the light- night at my house,' and we had all, we all had it, we had it all set up to like we were gonna. Sp- he was gonna spend a night at my house. I was gonna spend a night at his house. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah. both gonna bail. And I and I did something, and I got fucking grounded, and he got put, taken away. So it's almost kind of as cool to say that I got grounded and couldn't see him. Yeah,
0: because like, yeah, more people can say they've seen them. Then got grounded. And yeah. To see them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I couldn't go see them, and and the crazy thing about it is, it's like that's the only band from that time frame really from DC that I really wanted to ever see. Yeah. And then because because all the bands that I liked came from uh, came from California. Okay. You know, so there I liked all the California bands. I didn't like bands like I mean initially I didn't like bands like Scream or gray matter yep. or swiz or any of those bands ignition i didn't like any of those bands i didn't you know
0: I did nothing coming back
1: me. to coming back to them i ended up liking some of them for sure but like
0: yeah.
2: i
1: was way into to um the adolescence and i was way into Agent orange yep. i was way into like any kind of skate rock or like you know just stuff that was like not as not as serious you know what yeah. i mean it was yeah. more about I didn't I didn't do politics. I didn't understand politics. I yep. don't like politics and so I was really on like suicidal tendencies and just like fun shit, right? That yeah. just you just you, you an, got on your skateboard and skated.
0: Yeah, and had an air of kinda of, not necessarily humor but yeah, and but yeah, just like not not too deep, not incredibly deep.
1: Yeah, like I did I never got into the like I tried and I can yeah. still like some Dead Kennedy songs, but like Dead Kennedys were too political for me. I was like, I don't yeah. know who the fuck, you know, like pole pot is I'm fucking 15 years old yeah. like all I'm trying to do is like hook up with my girlfriend and get go skate yeah. somewhere go like skate I didn't somewhere. give a yeah. shit about that kind of stuff you know like I and, I did, and I didn't understand the DC scene because I didn't know who like I didn't, I didn't know at the time that it was so small that they were talking about each other you okay. know, like looking back at it, like I know that the bands were talking about each other and I know that like certain people were in certain bands because of certain reasons. And like, I know that now, but back then I just thought it was, it was just like, they're just, what do they talk? Why are they so fucking serious about everything? Yeah. You know, like it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so
0: before we go too far down the, down this rabbit hole, cause, but I look forward to going down this rabbit hole. Um, right. What song do you, what song are you going to pick that kind of sums up, I guess what your pet, what you, what your dad and therefore mum was listening to?
1: Oh fuck! What's that first? The first? The first? Uh, it's probably the first. It's the Hollow Notes uh, single. All I can remember is the video from it. And I can't even remember the name of the song what now. What happened in it? Fuck! It was horrible too. I mean, I love it now, but
0: yeah.
1: I guess I guess just just for to tie it into like later in my life. Yep. I love Hollow Notes. Yep. And so I'll I'll say the the song Sarah Smile because I love that song.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: And then that the what turns it what will turn it into funniness is that, that that's my wife's name
0: completely obviously <laughs> coincidentally
1: yeah coincidentally
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unreal, so Sarah smile by Hall uh, Notes.
3: warm me And when I feel I can't go on, you come and hold me It's you and me forever Sarah, Smile I oh, want your to smile If you feel like leaving, you know you can go. But why don't you stay until tomorrow? If you want to be free, you know, all you got to do is say so. And when you feel cold, I will Feel your care.
0: Sarah Smile by Hall & Oates, uh, that's a fantastic track. I'm all about it. I'm all about Hall & Oates. Uh, very reminiscent of my old man as well. So, yeah, it's um, good stuff. It's good. Yeah, great band. And I'm and I'm so glad that you're so unapologetic about loving them.
1: <laughs> it's completely unapologetic. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I mean that that was kind of that was kind of like my upbringing in the punk rock. Like it's like that. They were so unapologetic about anything they did. Yeah. Like any of the bands that I really, really enjoyed, like Dr. No. Like Dr. No had a song called Fistfuck. Yeah. And I was just like, what is this all about? Like, <laughs> they're talking about fistfucking people, and what is the mentors, and who is El Duce? Yeah. And I found this whole shock rock stuff that I thought was hilarious, but totally didn't take serious. Yeah. And then, like, then I found we found a band called RKL, yep. and, like, my whole hometown just, like, lost their mind over that band like that was the band that you could not fucking touch like that that was the band
0: were they like i guess this is early 80s were they touring much
1: no they didn't tour that no they didn't tour that much at all actually like at least in the at least in the united states they rarely toured in the united states but they toured a lot more in europe and they did really really well in europe okay and like that was their thing like they i mean they have bands that do that now that are fucking nobody cares about them in the United States. Yeah, but they'll go to but, Europe for three months and do all the festivals. Oh, God. Like, the, I mean, I'm not shitting on them because I kind of like them. I mean, I'm shitting on them a little bit, but <laughs> the, band, the, the band Ignite. Okay, yeah. Like, yep. They're fucking horrible. I mean, they're horrible. They're, they're, they are what they are, but whatever. They've never toured. They've never done a big U.S. tour, yeah. but they're humongous in over there. Yeah, Euros, They're just huge.
0: Euros love that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. It doesn't make any sense but yeah. whatever yeah and this tremor crazy. but yeah rk once once like when i was a teenager once i found rkl it was just all over from there So, like,
0: between between rkl and um i guess hall and Oates, was there anything that bridged the gap there like was there anything that made you think you know like music is music being more than just a, a jingle for a tv show or a, a jingle to select yeah, something for something for sure
1: yeah. for sure like i got a i got a tape and it was Minor Threat that was on one side. Yeah. And then there was the Exploited on the other side.
0: Fuck.
1: And then on that Minor Threat song, there was like five, maybe four Agent Orange songs.
0: Okay. And yep. on the,
1: on the, on the uh, Exploited, exploited side, there was like five or six SNFU songs. Okay. And I thought that for years that SNFU had put out a seven inch and it turns out it was their first record. Like if you swear, you'll catch no fish or some shit like that. Okay. And, and like, like I found like, what was it? Like minor threat was singing, you know, like being about being fucking straight edge and, yep. and, and exploited. And Explo- and Explo- were talking about like, you know, sex and violence yep. and Asian orange was talking about, you know, like bloodstains, you know, going out and skating. Yep. And then SNFU was just talking about some weird cannibal fucking yeah, weird, shit. weird shit. Yeah. But, yeah, but they were so good, right? Yeah, and it's just like I, f- like I found that, and I was just it was done. I was done from then on. It was that's all it was. It was just punk rock. I th- I found that when I was like, almost fourteen years old, and it was just from then on. Like, I never listened to the radio. I don't know. I don't know a lot of the hits from like the late eight, late seventies, early eighties, because all I did was punk rock. That's it's, all it was.
0: Yeah, that's unreal so yeah i mean who that's gave it you the i t- went to shows who gave you the tape like an older brother or an older brother's friend sorry friend's older brother or how did you come across mm-hmm. it uh,
1: just a random like one of my buddies like you know yeah. like we, had, we we all skated and stuff but like i mean like every now and then someone would bring up you know because we'd go over to other friends houses and like skateboard over there you know because in the seven late 70s that everybody skateboarded it wasn't like you were a skater right it was just like you just skateboarded you just
0: did it yeah and then
1: we yeah, and we'd skateboard over to buddies' houses and their older brothers would be listening to you know, the Rolling Stones and Foreigner and Sticks and all this fucking garbage. Yep. And then somehow and somehow or another, like Sony just ended up passing me a tape one day. Like one of my friends at school was like, Dude, you gotta hear this. This is crazy. And I was like, Yeah, okay. And I don't even think I had a tape player at the time. I think I ended up playing it on my dad's tape and my dad was like, What the fuck is this garbage you are listening to? What yeah. Oh, he hated it. Yeah. Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. Hated everything about it. I don't think that there's many punk rock bands that my dad likes to this day, but he's totally okay with it because he knows that that's, you know, there's no, it's, not, it's obviously not a fa- phase yeah, anymore. A fad, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, 30 plus years later, I'm still into you're the same stuff. Yeah, but...
0: you're still sticking to your story.
1: Yeah, it was I mean, like I said, as soon as I found that, as soon as I got that tape, it was it was all over. Like it, I tried to find I found the adolescents, I found DI, I found TSOl, I found found aggression. I found all these bands. Like I found Black Flag and I didn't even like them. I was like, "Hey, I guess I'm supposed to like them, right?" Wait, I didn't what, like them.
0: What Black Flag album was it?
1: Uh, I think it was uh the Give Me Give Me Give Me record.
0: Okay.
1: And like it just was like I thought it was cool that there was a dude like you know, punching a glass window or whatever it was, but I mean, I was like, outside of that, I was like, I don't know what he's fucking talking about. Like, I'm a suburban kid from Virginia. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't understand what LA cops are talking about. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You, I guess just, like, you came just... from Henry Rollins's. Well, near where Henry Rollins grew up, which when he talks about yeah cops in DC, they're nice.
1: Yeah. They're... well, they were a lot nicer than the LA cops for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: So yeah. okay, what would a what would a song be that kind of sums up? And pick a couple, actually, because I'm sure they're going to be quick. Um, A couple of songs that your dad would have just completely hated. Uh,
1: The one... Pretty much anything, but probably Fascist Pig by Suicidal Tendencies. (laughs) He hated that. (laughs) He hated Suicidal so much. Um, He really hated Minor Threat. So... uh, do Small Man, Big Mouth. That was a great song. Uh, And then... I don't know. I mean he didn't like the exploited. I didn't really like the exploited after, after sex and violence anyway. Yep. So sex and violence is a great song. And then bloodstains is a great song too. Cool. Yeah.
0: Let's, Let's drop them in.
4: I'm devil, get, get day. I will be a bad be. Let's fight, one We don't stop until we kill. I will be a bad be. I will be
0: cool so that was some sweet jams that uh Bo butler um infamous famous bartender (laughs) um
1: infamous i definitely have a reputation good that's
0: (laughs) you're nothing if not a reputation hey so my question i've got a question for you um when did you join avail when was the first seven inch was that the attempt to regress seven inch
1: the attempt to regress yeah that was uh I, I was officially in the band at that point. Yep. Um, we had all been in a bunch of different bands in our hometown of Reston, which is about an hour and a half north of where, in Richmond. Are Richmond. We had all been a bunch of bands. Yeah, and, and uh, Tim and Joe were in the band, and, and there was a couple of the guys, and they decided to move to Richmond. Yep. And uh, I, I, I mean, I wasn't sure about it, but I was like, yeah, I'm your roadie. You know, and they were just like, "What?" Because I hung around all the fucking time, like yeah. you know, like I've been friends with Tim my whole life. Yep. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm the roadie." And the deal is, because I was homeless at the time, and I was like, "You guys got to pay me five dollars a show." You know, I can't drive. <laughs> I don't know how to tune. I don't know how to tune instruments. Yeah. I can just set up stuff and and pack vans. I can, I can do that stuff. But you got to yeah. pay me. Yeah, but you got to pay me five bucks a show to do it. And I think we were driving to play a, a show at CBGB's, which nobody fucking came to. Yeah. And it was it was amazing because I was like, this is fucking CBGB's, Like how, like bands play here, like real bands, not just like stupid bands like from Virginia. And I think on, on the way back, they were like, I was like, hey, I want my five bucks. And they're like, we decided that you're officially in the band because uh, we don't get paid. So we're not going to fucking pay you to do it. And I was like, all right, I guess that's the way it works. That's, and that's, that's pretty I, interesting. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty much how I joined. Ended up joining Avail. So we then moved down to Richmond, and uh, the seven-inch came out not long, not much longer after after we were there. Um, just uh, yeah, it was one of the weird things. Like we we ended up not signing with it, but like some dude was like, "Hey, you give me these and some artwork, and I'll put this out, and we'll press a bunch." Yeah. And and we're like, "Okay, cool." And then like I think he pressed like. 200 of them or something like that or 500 of them or something. Yeah. And gave it, and gave us like, you know, he, fi- he figured if he sold 250 of them, he'd recoup he'd and he'd, mix, he'd get all his money and he'd make all his money back and he'd make us some money. Yeah. So he gave us a bunch and we sold them like crazy because we just started going on tour, right? We just started yep. touring. And so we sold a bunch of them and we we're like, hey, do you have any more? And he's like, nope. And then I guess he ended up like reprepping it a ton more times. And I can't remember how it ended, but, like, we basically ended up threatening him, like, we're going to fucking find you, and we're going to fucking beat the shit out if you don't oh, so stop just, fucking making race records.
0: He just kept on pressing him and just didn't show you any cash.
1: Yeah, yeah, it didn't tell us. It didn't even tell us that they were, they were being pressed. We just wow. would find out about it. They're like, they're like, oh, do you have one of the gold, you know, gold f- finals? And we're like, gold? We had, there was 50 <laughs> red ones. And the rest were black. He's, they're like, no, there's green and gold and all sorts of fucking actually, weird shit. Yeah,
0: I actually just sold my gold copy of it about a month
1: ago. Yeah, I've never, I've never even seen one. Dude, I'll <laughs> get you. A, have you seen a picture? Yeah, I've seen a picture, okay, but cool. I've never actually, I've never actually held them. So yeah, that's that's. We ended up just moving down to. So I guess that was I officially was in the band. So what's guess, your
0: official title? Oh, sorry. Yeah, when when did you join? When was it official? And
1: what night, was your official okay, title? I guess. I, I guess officially I was in the band in 1990. Yeah, I think that's when I officially joined Avail. Um, but I guess at first my my title was uh, tambourine. Then I was a cheerleader for a long time. Then I turned yeah. to a beer manager for a bit. Then I went back to cheerleader, and I think cheerleader is my official title.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, and I like that. I think it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> there's not was. many dancers in bands. No,
0: there's not you, many dancers the boss in bands. Tones.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's the Boss tones, There's the Happy Mondays. There's uh, the horror pops had two girls that dance. Oh, there's a uh, gogo yeah. bordello, gogo bordello that has a couple of people that dance. Yeah. So there's kind of some, you know, it's a very small, select group of people. And I got put in Rolling Stone for being a dancer, so that was pretty neat. My dad thought that was cool, right? Yeah,
0: that's something to, yeah, straight
1: to the pool. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, my, yeah. That that my dad thought that was really neat. So. Yeah.
0: So when you, how old were you when you joined Avail? Like nineteen, or twenty-ish? Yeah, like like eighteen,
1: nineteen. Yeah. 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 Give or, take, give or take around that around that time.
0: So what were you what were you kind of listening to around then like obviously still punk rock but were you getting were you more stuck in your ways of what you listened to when you were younger or were you discovering new stuff or I was I was
1: discovering some stuff but I mean I was pretty much stuck but by the time we started touring this is going to be really funny because this will tie it into everything that you're doing Fantastic. Uh, We had a, we had to do a certain certain way. we lived right behind a gas station. So we would get gas at that gas station. We would get so- our sodas and whatever we needed to get to the next place that we we're playing. Yep. We'd fill up with gas, and then we'd drive to get on the highway. And be- we'd stop at the light before, whether it was green or red or not. We'd always stop, and we'd put in Descendants enjoy.
0: Wow. Okay. and
1: Joy. Wow. On- and then we would get on the highway, and that, that happened every tour. Every tour tradition. S- yeah, like every tour for probably like eight years, like we had to listen to and en- enjoy the entire way through. That's fantastic. That's what we did. So obviously, I loved. It. At that point, I'd I'd already found the, the Descendants, and I was just like, "What the fuck? This is the best band I've ever heard in my entire life. Like yep. nothing can touch the Descendants." I have a I have a tattoo of Milo on my leg. Like that's how much I love it. A, a portrait of Milo. Like an actual, love... not
0: just a not just like the the caricature. No, no, like, an
1: actual, no, like a, an actual portrait of him. Yeah. Fuck.
0: That's fantastic. So, uh, uh,
1: at that point, I was I was way into the Youth Brigade. Um, still minor threat. Still still with RKL. Um, and I'd found uh, I'd found like a, a couple Lookout Records bands, and that's and yep. I got really into Lookout. And I got in, We also got into that time like Born Against and Vorsac yep. and Iconoclast and all these crazy like bands that were hyper political and super DIY. Yeah. But you didn't really know exactly what they're saying because sometimes they'd come out and just say it, and sometimes you were just like, a bit more "I subtle. don't even understand what." Well, they were subtle, but you couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying. Like yeah. there's still songs by Born Against so that I don't know what the fuck he's saying, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, still, still found the, the same kind of stuff. Um, we were, I was slowly getting into stuff. You know, like I was going to more shows, and Richmond was had a lot more shows that would come through town.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so we would go listen to different music, like. We, me and Tim saw um, Hole for free at a, down the street. We saw yeah. Smashing Pumpkins for free down the street. Like
0: before, the, I saw before G- Grunge became a... Oh, yeah, phenom- way be- way
1: that, yeah, way before that. Way before that. Like I saw the Jesus Lizard and they were just like, David yeah, I was I was like, what is this guy all about? You know, like, <laughs> yes. God, he's so crazy looking and he was so amazing. And like I saw, we got to see a lot of those bands. So I enjoyed a lot of the quarter stick and quarter stick bands you know like uh, god like jesus lizard and all that stuff the whole chicago sound i thought was really neat but i was still like way deep into into the same stuff that i had been listening to yeah. like obviously born obviously born against was a huge huge deal but yeah like i just like i'd gotten into gorilla biscuits and sick of it all and you know like uh judge and all that stuff but i was and i was still primarily listening to straight edge music and yeah and and, and Southern California, like, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't found Lagwagon. I hadn't found any of those bands yet because I, I hated that whole, like, we used to call it bunny hops. Like, NoFX would do these weird bunny hops. they like, da na 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 And we, hate, we hated it. Like, everybody in the band hated bunny hop music, so we just wouldn't listen to it. So I didn't get in, into any of that stuff until way later. Yeah, okay. So, so
0: how did you, being from the East Coast, well, yeah, East Coast, how yeah.
1: how did you get signed to Lookout? So, <laughs> so we had we had put out the first record ourselves, and then we uh, we basically didn't have, we couldn't get distribution anywhere. Like you know, we're just a it's the record label was literally out of our house, yep. and so we we're just trying to figure out how to get this distribution. And so we all sat down and we said, okay, well let's let's make a a list of all the record labels that we really really want to be on and that. Maybe they can help us with distribution, and let's just send them stuff.
2: Yep.
1: And I think we send stuff to uh, Discord Records. Um, I think there's a few other record labels, but I don't really remember because all I said is I want to be on Lookout Records. Like, yeah, I love okay. Lookout Records. It, I was like, Operation Ivy was on fucking lo- like, How do you fuck with that band? You can never fuck with no, Operation it, Ivy. At,
0: never, and at
1: all. Never, nothing. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up sending some stuff out there. And we didn't hear back from anybody, yep. and we didn't ex- really we didn't really expect to. But by that time, we had been to California maybe twice before, yep. maybe maybe twice before at that point, like just traveling, you know, touring, traveling. And so we played a, a, a show in like northern Cal, not northern California, but like maybe like three or four hours away from Berkeley, Oakland, that San Francisco area, like a few hours north.
0: Okay, yeah, so in California, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so we were playing a show there, and there was this band, like a, a pseudo-local band that was opening for us, uh, and then there was another band that the guitar player was in a wheelchair, and the name was Crutch, and I thought it was fucking hilarious, and he totally didn't care that he was in a wheelchair, and he was just genius, <laughs> he, he, was, he was so fucking crazy. He embraced it. Uh, and then another band that was like the, the the one that, like it was like their third show, but they had all been in other bands and whatever, Yep. and then us. And so we played, and we played to like 50 fucking 75 people, and it turned out that Larry Livermore was there. Right. And so like, I was like, dude, Tim, that's Larry Livermore. And he's like, who the fuck is Larry Livermore? I was like, it's Larry Livermore from The Lookouts. Yeah. And he's like, who the fuck are The Lookouts? I was like, The Lookout, Lookout Records. He's like, oh, okay. And he's and at that point, he we knew that they were distributed through Mortem. Uh, and so basically Tim walked up to him and was like, hey my name's tim we just saw the band he's like yeah he's like you know we sent you some records and and you know i guess you're not interested in like helping us out but we'd just like to know how to get in touch with mortem wreck mortem distribution and he's like yeah you know i, I you know i think you guys are, and larry said i think you guys are a little too hard for us to you know it's like too abrasive to be on lookout records okay and he's like that's cool that's cool like just, we just want to get some uh some info on this stuff, and so the funny, funniest part—the reason that Larry was there—is because the band that played before us was a, a small band that had, small band that had just started called Rancid. Good, fantastic, <laughs> so, amazing, <laughs> it, it, just genius. Like the funniest thing ever. So, and of course, we—I got along with Tim, and one of the guys that ended up being in Screw 32, the singer for Screw 32, yeah. and we hit it off, and whatever. So we get back home from tour, and a couple weeks later, we get a phone call from Larry. And he's like, you know what? I totally lied. He's like, I never listened to your music. Um, I saw you guys play live, and I thought you guys were just too hard and too fucking weird. But um, Chris Applegreen listened to it, and he said it was really good. So I listened to it, and you guys' records are really interesting, and it's not like you guys are live. But if you're interested, I'd like to talk to you about repressing the, the, record, the record, and that's how we got on the lookout. It was super just like, that's... Do you want to do it? And we like, yeah, sure. And he's like, cool. We're done. That's that was pretty amazing. much it. That's yeah, crazy. just the fact that it was ranted too, which Dude. makes it hilarious.
0: Okay, so quick question, <laughs> quick side note question: the yeah. ranted Avail split. Why happened. Did, why did it never happen? And what songs were going to be on it?
1: I don't remember what songs were going to be on it from ours, but but we had had, had them recorded because we were recording other stuff too. Like being, so you uh, recorded think... stuff specifically for the seven, the split. Well yeah, but we had like we had recorded I think it was right around the time where we had recorded Dixie. Yep. and we had like a couple other songs that we had put like recorded that we didn't think were good enough for Dixie, but we were gonna put on the seven inch. Okay. And it was right around it was right around that time that uh Rancid were being courted by every ma- by Maverick. Yeah, getting and, Madonna Moods. Yeah, that whole deal. And at by that point we were we were all really good friends, like Vale and, and Rancid were all really good friends. Yep. And so, and so they were like, hey, we want to do it, but there's just too much shit on our plate. And we're like, yeah, we get it. You know, like, whenever it happens, it happens. And they're like, yeah, cool. And it just never happened. It was no big deal. Like, okay, it, yeah, just it's... it just never happened. They, they were too busy, yeah. basically. And then we ended up putting out a lot of, we put out those other songs on, like, comps that we had asked to be done and stuff like that. So yeah. it worked out in that long run. So.
0: That's that's amazing. I, I only heard about that split. Listen to... Da, damien abraham from fucked up as a podcast and mentioned it yeah and i was like this would be like no question about it had that split have been released it would have been my all-time favorite split regardless oh God, of it the been tracks good.
1: like it would have been great just because just because rancid was so good back then like they were so fucking good yeah so not that they're not good now but they were so fucking good then
0: well, just quick so. question what's your favorite rancid album
1: uh, the first one, for sure. Okay, so The first one. Yeah, and then um, I really enjoy uh, Outcome of the Wolves. Yep. Uh, because that uh, – what was that song? What was the big song? The White Hope – Time White Bomb. White Coat, Black black Hat, yeah. Cadillac or whatever it is. Time Bomb with Tony and in the film clip. Yeah, that's about a cat that they knew that they were friends with that I ended up meeting. Oh, wow. She was a fucking <laughs> – yeah, and he was a fucking maniac and yeah. and that song like summed him up. So I love that song too specifically. But the first record was just fucking on it. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah. and and I tattooed the word punks on t- Lars's knuckles. Lars's tattoo that says punks on his hand, I did that.
0: So you like, were a tattoo artist at one stage?
1: I was not. I oh, okay. was a piercer. I was a piercer, but I uh did a did an apprenticeship to become a tattoo artist. Yeah. So okay. I I I did do a few tattoos for money and I just didn't like it it was too stressful for me I didn't like it so I stopped
0: big responsibility
1: yeah I mean I don't really care I mean if I'm honest I I come from like an old school uh, tattoo community where you know you do your thing and if they like it they like it if they don't fuck them they just pay you who cares yeah
0: yeah.
1: so like I I didn't care about that part of it like that part of it if they liked it or not didn't bother me it was like the part that I it stressed me out that's the part that bothered me yeah so I I just stopped (laughs) And how would you get into piercing? Uh, I was working at, I was working at a tattoo shop okay. uh, as a shop as a shop boy. And I uh, started piercing like myself and a couple friends. And my boss found out. And uh, he called me into the shop one day on my day off. And he's an old biker, yep. you know, as they all were back then. And he basically sat me down and, and asked me if I had been piercing. And he told me if I lied to him, he was going to knock me out. So and I said, yeah, I answer. Mean, yeah. yeah. He's like, if you lie to me at all, I'm going to fucking knock you out. Because he already knew the answer. Yep. And I said, Yeah, and he asked me what I'd done and I told him what I'd done and uh he's like have any of them healed and I was like a few of them have healed. He's like are they, you know, messed up at all? I was like, No, they're not. He's like, All right, well here's the deal. You can either pierce for me and I take all the money or I could break your fucking hands. What's your choice? That's and no I was brainer. like, Well, I guess I'm yeah. I, I guess I'm piercing for yeah. you now. So That's, yeah. That yeah. cat I think that cat died like fifteen years ago, but he was a fucking burly dude. Yeah. But whatever. That's yeah. the way it works, right?
0: Yeah, that's that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Um so fuck, that's I'm gonna that's fucking amazing. Um rattle off some songs that you're into kind of as a vowel were taking off. Um uh, you know, like like not the, from a well, you we can pick an Avail song if you want, but like you nah. know, be, from bands <laughs> you were touring with or yeah, that little band uh, named Rancid or whatever. Just yeah.
1: Um Pretty much any anything from Born Against. That first record, Mount the Payment, was just an amazing record. Uh, God, I love that record so much. Again, I was still balls deep into fucking RKL, balls deep into the Descendants. Um, I found out what was a what was the what was it was it fourteen twenty passing up the nuclear tits. What was oh, that song, Descendants, that? Um, Hurt yeah, Hurt and Crew. I, yeah. I found out what that that whole song was about. So Hurt and Crew by the Descendants. Someone's the SAT time.
0: score? Hey. Eh? Someone's SAT fourteen twenty referred to someone's SAT
1: score. No, it refers to how much they got paid at a show. Really? Yeah, they okay. got paid fourteen dollars and twenty cents.
0: That's that's where the big dollars are. It's playing punk rock. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean actually, there you go, play punk rock. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where else? Born Against. Descendants rancid uh and we had just gotten into citizen fish that first citizen fish record was great too
0: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna barrage you with a bunch of I try not to make this interview style, but I'm just gonna barrage you with a bunch of questions because yeah, I just can't wait to hear the answers to what you've got for these. Okay, <laughs> so um, you did two two in my opinion. Avail did two times. Like I mean, I love all Avail discography, but I think like if, if you ask a lot of people for am Friday and Over the James, like the you know the two. Standout massive albums like the which two are Four AM Friday and Over the James? Would you agree? I think
1: no. No. Uh, Dixie is a big. was a bigger record? Was it really? Yeah.
0: Fuck. Okay. For at
1: least, at least, at least, and from my neck of the woods, Dixie was a bigger record. But go ahead.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, well, maybe it's a. I get maybe it's a regional thing. Like, was it? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. But then in two thousand, you signed a Fat. How did that kind of come about?
1: Uh, basically, um, Lookout was going down the down the tubes at that point. Like yep. they they were just they weren't giving us what we needed. Um, the Larry had Larry had left at that point. It's in oh, actually in a, in Larry Livermore's book.
0: But book, yeah.
1: L- L- Larry had left. Chris uh, was part of it, and his wife was uh, the owners basically of Lookout, and his wife was also the manager of a band called the Donnas. Yep. So they were throwing a lot of st- a lot of money and a lot of time and everything at the Donnas. And they were throwing time and effort into the Mr. T Experience record coming out. And I remember saying to Chris, I was like, we're the only band on your record label, the only band that anybody knows that tours. We tour. We, yeah. We're on tour. We've been to Europe. We've been to these places. I was like... The Mr. T experience hasn't left California in fucking five years. You know, what I mean, like there's bands like The Couch of Eureka that just fucking sucked, and there's just so many shitty bands that they were signing, and the Peachies and all this garbage that Lookout was putting out.
2: yeah
1: And we we're like, you know, you guys, and then we we went to Europe, and they, we couldn't find our records because they had no distribution in, in Europe.
2: Yeah.
1: And then they didn't, and they would run out of pressings and all this other stuff, and basically. They said, you know, we we don't know what to do with you guys. We can't do anything right now, and we were like, well, fuck it. We're gonna go find another record label. And they and they said we understand, you know, because I mean, as much as a business as it was, it was still like, you know, five dudes talking to like three or four dudes that work there. You know what I mean? And and women, of course, obviously. But uh, and Chris said, okay, I understand that you have to leave, but please, the only thing that I ask is, don't go to Fat Records. And I guess like, it was official. Like we, we we broke up on a Wednesday, and Friday, Fat Mike calls our house. Fuck. Because he got our, and he because he, he got our phone our, our phone number because we all lived in the same house. Yep. Through one of the Screw Thirty Two guys or Rancid or somebody, and he said, Hey, I'm Fat Mike, and you know, of course Tim hung up because he was like, Whatever, I don't know who this fucking Fat Mike character is, and this is probably <laughs> bullshit anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: And then they called back, and and. You know, he's talking and he's like, you know, I run fat records and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you know, we want you to play and, you know, all this shit. And, yeah. uh, and you know, and we're like, okay, well, you know, let's see. And, and we kind of like barely talked about stuff. And then he sent us a contract and he said, we'll give you a bunch of money to do a record. You only have to do one record. Um, this is our distribution. This is when you'll make money off of it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you have to go to Europe. And one of the stipulations was is that all fat bands went to Europe at okay. least once, and we and we said no, we don't want to go to Europe because we hated Europe at that point. We couldn't stand it. Like nobody knew who the fuck we were. You'd, you'd
0: been before, you know. obviously.
1: Yeah, we had been a couple times at that point, and okay. we just hated it. Like there was nothing about it that we enjoyed. And so here's the fun one: is that he says, we say, and we send the contract back with our like things like we won't go to Europe, and he sends it back like you have to fucking go to Europe. And we send it back saying we will not leave the country unless we go with bands like either No or Lagwagon, yeah. knowing that he's going to be like, knowing that he's there's no way he's going to be like, yeah sure you guys go out with No Effects, we'll go to Europe with No Effects. So he sends us back, okay fine, we're like what? So we sign the contracts, we send them back to him, we're done, we're done and dusted. And like a couple weeks later, he calls us back, goes going on a tour with Lagwagon, and we said we don't know who the fucking Lagwagon are, and no we're fucking not. Yeah. He says, "Yes, you are," and you've got, you know, four months. Uh, I'm going to give you ten grand or whatever to remake uh, some of your songs and call- put an EP out called "A Hundred Times." Yep. It'll only be for sale on this tour, and then you're going on tour with Lagwagon. And we said, "What?" And I said, "All right, well, where where are we supposed to be going?" And that's the first time we went to Australia.
0: There you go. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> January '98. That was like, I. This is, look. This this podcast is definitely not about me, but I somehow wind myself into it. Um, Of course. That was, I remember. But like, I was fuck. I was sixteen at the time. So you. So Val and Lagwagon played two shows back to back. All ages show in the afternoon. Right. Overage show in the evening. And it was the same day. There is a reason that I know this, but it's irrelevant. It's the same day that the Spice schools came out to Australia for a promotional tour. And so the city, like the the main part of that city was fucking pandemonium because they were doing an in store around the corner or something, and all of a sudden there was like there was a you know, two thousand punk kids going to see Lagwagon right. in a vale. And yeah, look fuck, I'm I love I unashamedly love of uh, love lagwagon and I was you know, being sixteen I was like I was so excited.
1: And what, was, what did you see us? What year? What day? I mean, what, what country, city, uh, Sydney, Sydney, Street. Sydney at the Metro
0: at the Metro. Yeah. And, um, Saturday, January 10th. Fucking hell. That's amazing. <laughs> I will mark that down. Well, that's amazing. Um, so we, so get there, you know, and really keen to get up the front just to, you know, do whatever you do up the front. And, I just remember going, oh, there's this band. I don't know what they're about, but that's cool because they won't be on for long and then they'll finish. And then... For sure. And then Lagoa will come on. As you do. That's what happens when you're 16 years old and you're to see the headline. Yeah, absolutely. And and you guys walk on and I just remember looking over my shoulder and seeing a figure eight circle pit thinking this is (laughs) fucking insane. And then looking on stage and going... Why is there, why is there that tattooed hillbilly flashing his dick? What
1: is, what is that fucking idiot doing? Well, what,
0: I don't like, I don't get it. But I, I can't look away. But I don't get it. But I still can't look away. And so that show was a pivotal like, hand on heart, like one of, one of like four pivotal moments in my life where I was like, I was going in one direction, and all of a sudden right. something happened, and I was still kind of going in the same direction, same general vicinity. But yeah. I just decided to take a different path and that was because of you that, guys. That one awesome. fucking night. Yeah. And so like yeah. I like went out and bought 4 AM Friday and over the James and it was just like, <laughs> this is the best. And I, to this day I still think the Live at the Bottom of the Hill album is my favourite live record ever.
1: Like, <laughs> there's a couple of good ones. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: yeah. So that's that's, that's my cool. yeah, that's my that's bringing me to yeah, it. That's, so that's any awesome. any a- any interesting stories from the Australian tour? They were,
1: sup- Yeah, there's a couple of really funny ones. So supposedly we were the only band that got along with everybody in Lagwagon the okay. entire time they've ever brought anybody on tour. Somebody has always had a beef with somebody in the other band yep. or they didn't like them or something. So they they remember saying like 5 days in they were like you're the only band that we've always liked that we get along with and we like and gets all our jokes and doesn't care and like jokes around. Yep. And Avail looked at him and said, yeah, you're the first band that, that's ever happened with us. Like, ever. Like, yeah, even yeah. all the other bands. And we instantly, like, love each other. Like, I just went and saw them the other day. What well, the other day? Like, six months ago yep. at Barbecue. Like, I just saw them. Theater, like, I, I walked in. I was like, I don't care about this fucking... I don't care about anything else. It's just seeing my friends on Wagon. Like, yeah. And that's, you know... That was 98, right? So that was, <laughs> like, 20 years ago. And we're still friends. Yeah. Um, The other thing was is that we they were playing maybe the like big day out or some shit like that or some the falls festival some big yeah it was on the gold coast and, okay uh, no
0: yeah i'm not sure what that is but yeah keep going
1: and and so like i remember going there cuz we weren't going to play that but you know but lagwagon was playing that and they were early yep. and there was guttermouth and i remember going god i hate this band but <laughs> he, he tried to shoot he tried to basically give himself an enema with a, a fire extinguisher Not knowing that it wasn't water, that it was like some kind of dust. Yeah. Oh god, that was fucking hilarious. He was miserable, and it was hilarious to watch.
0: Is Mark from Mouth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then the other thing was is that (laughs) this is is my favorite story.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that uh, Tim had to go to the bathroom, and we're in the backstage waiting on the porta potties. Tim's like kind of doing like the I got pee dance thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, we're kind of giggling. Yeah.
1: And then he like this dude comes out. And he's walking towards him, and Tim's walking towards him, and he goes to say something like, hey, man, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to bug you or some shit like that. And the guy goes, I don't have time for you, kid. And he turns around and goes, fuck you, you fucking midget, because he was really short, right, and pissed him off. So Tim's like, fuck you, you fucking midget. He goes and goes to the bathroom, and I, he comes back out, and he's like, I was like, dude, what the fuck was that all about? And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, "What did you just say to that guy?" So that guy was being a dick, and he said, "You know, he said something." And I said, "Fuck you, you fucking midget!" And I was like, "You just called Iggy Pop a fucking midget." That's that's hilarious. Fucking amazing. I had no idea who it was. Just didn't and, register. And obviously, we didn't. And Tim didn't care. He didn't yeah. give a fuck about Iggy Pop. Yeah, I don't it. give a fuck about Iggy Pop either. But it's just funny that he called him a fucking midget. Maggie, you- Some good ones.
0: <laughs> where was Avail's like? Obviously, besides Richmond, because it doesn't it doesn't count because you're hometown heroes. Where did you get the best? Where did Avail get the best responses across the country? Or across the across the globe? I guess.
1: Um, it's really difficult because we would do better at like certain times. You know okay. what I mean? Like we do re- really well. Uh, we played a place in St. Pete that we would play three times a year, and it was fucking awesome. because um, we were we were one of the f- I don't want to say the first. I'll say one of the first punk bands that were like, fuck you, we're from the South. We like the South. We listen to fucking Leonard Skinner and we like the South. Fuck you guys, we're also punk. So we did really well in the South. But for some reason, in St. Petersburg, that area in Florida, we did really, really well. And always have. We did really, really well in New York for a long time, which I don't understand at all. Um, It was just one of those things, right? Like We just happened to play the right shows and at the right times yeah. and new york was always fun i don't like new york city but i liked playing new york yeah. um we did really really well in louisville kentucky and we loved playing louisville kentucky um we were too good in chicago and i don't know if we liked playing chicago so much as we had so many friends at that point in chicago that we would just play a yeah. show and then hang out with our friends and then hang out yeah it was just yeah used to hang out yeah pretty much and we did really well in uh, um, o- Berkeley and Oakland. We did really well in those areas. And we did really well in between, but those are just the places that I remember going. And, I, like, it primarily didn't really have that much to do with the shows as it did, like, we had a lot of good friends there. You know what yeah, I mean? That makes sense. Yeah, because, I mean, like, that was one of the cool things, at least in the 90s and, like, late 90s and whatever with the Veils. Like, you just went there and you just hung out with your friends you know and yeah. then this stupid fucking five piece band that had a dancer would play yeah. yeah so that was that was pretty cool we did really well a lot of places i love playing in manchester england we sucked in manchester nobody liked us in manchester but that's where my okay. football that's, that, where my, yeah. that's where that's football teams from so that's all i care about okay
0: so that was that was another question i've got how do you, how does a how does a well, a guy from the south get into football Oh, like, God. like bypass i mean look not to say you bypass every other Major League American sport. I did.
1: I hate every every fucking American sport. I cannot stand with a fucking okay. passion. So um, football
0: and why specifically, man? You.
1: Uh, so it was football because I, I played football when I was growing up. We call it soccer here, and I, I yeah, we to,
0: call it soccer here as
1: well. Yeah, I, ref- the, the I, I refuse elitists. to do that. It's, fo- it's football. It's a game you play with your foot and a ball. I yeah. refuse to call it anything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, and when I was watching it, when I was playing, when they, when I was young, there was uh, the U- They were in the U.S. They would always show like like the last couple games of the world cup before it blew up here right yeah okay so yeah. the us was never in it so me being a younger kid you know probably you know early teens i just picked the 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 te- the the team that looked the closest like me like a white dude and it just happened yep. to be england just happened to be england yep, okay. and i was like okay well all right i'll pick england so i followed england and then when it started getting more and more prevalent in the in america where you could see more you know, you, they started showing like the knockout stages, and I was still following England at that point. So I'd follow yeah. England, and most of the squad for England played on Manchester United. So okay, to watch my the players that I enjoyed watching during during the World Cup and all that stuff, I ended up watching Manchester United, and then it just became a fucking obsession. So
0: watch on a weekly basis, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I Manchester, believe it or not, Manchester United uh, and football rugby yeah. and aussie rules rugby are, are second like those are the, the two sports that i enjoy the most and then of course fighting fuck.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah so how do you how, like how did you how did you find out about i saw A,
1: like, i, I yeah. saw it i saw it there i saw it on tv and i was like yeah. what the fuck is this this is insane this is the craziest thing and everybody's yeah. talking about well in rugby they do this i was like uh You've never seen Aussie rules, like it, it doesn't even make fucking sense to me. And then, of course, yeah. now they will show it every now and then a year, but yeah, it's such a crazy sport. So that's just the sports that I like.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's <laughs> unreal. It was like I, I, again, I thought it was really interesting seeing that. Yeah, that you were. Yeah, that some somehow a guy from the south. Die-hard football. Die-hard yeah, football yeah, fan. And
1: not, yeah, not just gets into it, like loves it. Yeah. Yeah, my my um, son's my son is named after a player. My daughter's named after a Manchester United player. My favorite player of cool. all the time is Ole Gunnar Skoshire, number 20, the babyface assassin. Won yep. us the treble in 99, and he, he. my son's middle name is Gunnar. And then my second favorite player is Rory Keane, the captain of the squad. Loved him for years and years, and so my daughter's yep. name is Rory Keane.
0: That's fantastic. That's dedication yeah. to the sport. So we were gonna, yeah. my wife and I've got a five month. He's five months in a few days, and we were gonna call him. Well, my wife really wanted to call him Milo, but I thought it's just too. It's just too not weird, but like it's really, it's really holding on to that Descendants thing. So we we opted against Milo, but um, yeah, maybe for round two, you
1: should just call him Milo. Yeah, name him what <laughs> name him whatever you want, and just call him Milo. There you go,
0: and just run with it. Just yeah. Own it. <laughs> Um, okay, so this one's probably the sixty four dollar question that everyone wants to know the answer to. What the we fuck? Ne- we never we never broke the... up. No, 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 Like, <laughs> you know, never officially broke up. So we're still holding out for a not a reunion tour, but just an off hiatus tour down here. I mean tim has been down tim has been down yeah. Three or four three or four times. Three times, yeah. But yeah. so what happened to the Avail documentary?
1: Oh fuck Christ. Um so the guys by do you get day that, by day. do you get that a lot? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. The
1: guys from the guys from Day by Day uh, did were starting it, and they started doing. They moved to California right afterwards, and they did this thing called Mr. Pickles. I don't know if you guys get it. I don't understand it. It's something on like Comedy Central or some shit like that, and that thing took the fuck off. It's right. In 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 the states, I guess it's wildly wildly. popular so that was basically just put on the back burner and they're just riding this this other thing out and then probably by the time that they get around to putting it out nobody will give a fuck about the band anyway so
0: yeah well, <laughs> Mr. i want to see it that's pretty insane oh dude like i've watched that i've watched the trailer so many fucking times so have i <laughs> like yeah, yeah you know like it would
1: it would just be insane yeah um, yeah because they followed this for like two or three years okay yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like, like one tour. They followed us for a long fucking time.
0: Yeah. So, th- there is... They've got the footage. They just haven't pieced it together.
1: Yeah, like, they've come to our houses and, like, filmed shit at, at our houses and, like, all sorts of shit. Like, there was there's li- literally thousands, probably thousands of hours of fucking... Yeah. So,
0: when did... um? You said you lived... Lavelle lived in the same house around 2000 when you saw... Well, just show of 2000 when you signed to Fat... Mm -hmm. Did you, did the kind, when did that kind of, I I take it you still don't live in the same house as
1: Tim and No, 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 no. We we all kind of split up the houses probably about 16 years ago, give or take. Um, But to give you an example, I live five blocks away from Joe. Um, Me and the drummer, Ed Trask, our kids play on the same football team. Yeah, okay. Uh, and me and me and Tim live like ten minutes away from each other. We see each other, Me and Tim see each other probably the most out of all of us, and it's pretty rare, considering Tim's yeah. on tour a lot. So, Absolutely.
0: yeah. How did your two thousand and sixteen mayor uh, the campaign your mayor campaign go?
1: You now, know, it didn't go so well because <laughs> um, they make you uh, to tell, tell write down how much money you make. Okay. So. I'm a bartender, so I make most of my yep. money under under the table. So yep. I didn't I couldn't write that down. I didn't I didn't want to take a chance on that. If I'm honest. So I just but never so, got around to it.
0: But the but the the tip the tip economy, it's pretty it's accepted that it's money under the table and no one goes after it. Like no one's ever been asked to provide how much tips they make or do you de- like, definitely
1: definitely not I don't know anybody that's ever never ever happened to. Okay. That being said, I don't want to be the first one. <laughs> no. You know, I'm running for mayor. Supposedly on paper, I make like you know seventeen thousand dollars a year. Somehow, or another I have a house. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Supporting how do I get? Yeah, how do I justify that shit? You know? So I just yeah. didn't. I, I didn't want to do it. We had a bunch of really funny things that we were going to do, but it just never really panned out. So maybe this year, or maybe the, whenever. The, I don't know when the elections are because I don't do politics. So whenever the election, mayor may politics come up again, maybe we'll try it again.
0: Yeah, no, cool. Um, I read uh, one of your favorite drinks was Malibu and Diet Pepsi. Yeah. Is that yeah. still the case? And how the fuck do you put those two together?
1: <laughs> it is still. It is not still the case. But do I? I will drink it for sure, and it okay. because because my dad drinks it. Okay. That's the that's the the longest short of it. The other one was the Kahluan soda, and that's another one that yep. my dad drinks. Okay,
2: I don't I don't sense. know I don't
1: know why he drinks. I mean I know why he drinks them because in his late sixties he decided that smoking pot is a good idea again. So he doesn't really drink. So yep. like he just kind of sips on drinks that don't really have a lot of alcohol in them.
0: So, don't taste he, too much like alcohol.
1: No, and it just t- tastes like a sweet. So and he likes yeah. that. So
0: yeah, so. I guess to wrap it up, like what, where, are, like, what are you doing now? Are You doing anything musically? Um, no. Do you still get out much? You know, I guess it's going to be hard with two kids, but yeah, do you still get out much and see bands? What's the yeah, what's yeah, happening yeah, in the life of Bo?
1: So the big thing was, and I tell this all the time, is I never really cared to be in. I wanted to be in a band really badly, and I wanted to be able to travel the world, and I wanted to be able to do those things, but I didn't think that they would honestly, truly happen. Um, but I put out a seven-inch. And I got got to go to California, and that was a big thing for me. and I gave gave my dad like the first seven, 7-inch. I was like, "Hey, we did it. I got to go to California. I got to live like both me and your dream of being in a band. And ever since yeah. then it's it's all been fucking cake. I you know it's always it's been fucking cool. Yeah. I've taken it in for what it is, you know, like some fucking jackass thought it was a good idea to bring us to fucking Japan. i'm I'm gonna take every advantage of that, you know, like there's yeah. no way that anybody gives a fuck about that stuff. So I never really cared to be in bands. It wasn't something that – it was not something that I'd aspired really to do. I still love music, but I'm older. And so I find out about bands like five years after they're big, right? Like
5: I just yeah, found out yeah. – I just
1: I've just found out about the Pairs like a year ago. You know, yeah. uh, Mast and Shooter, I, I got into uh, Off With Their Heads. I got into re- – like I really like them a lot. Um,
0: yeah, I I literally heard them – probably two months ago and was ah, like, where so good. the fuck have I been?
1: Oh my God. The, yeah. Everything they put out is just fucking, because he hates himself so much, but it's so good. Yeah, um, it yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but like, it, it's harder to get into those bands as opposed to like the hardcore scene now. The hardcore scene now is, is a lot easier to get into, but not as into it as I should be. Like, uh, we have a thing here called United Blood. And I took yep. my, my son... To see United Blood last year, and uh, well, I can't, I can't remember the band. I, he he felt he wanted to go home before Judge played, so I had to okay. go home. So I didn't get to see Judge, and then he saw Maximum Penalty, and he fucking loved him. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, we went this year, and he stayed awake for the entire thing. He got to see Agnostic Front, and like he was stoked on them, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, he was stoked on Terror, so like, that's kind of neat to me now, because like. I don't think he thinks I'm cool by any stretch of imagination. I'm, a, I'm the fucking jerk-ass dad. But when I go yeah. to we we go to band go to see bands like that with my kids, I can be like, hey, you know, hey Roger, this is my son, you know, Crew, and he's like, nice to meet you, Crew. You know, I'm Roger, and how are you doing? And I used to play with your your dad in bands, and then he thinks it's kind of cool, right? Like, that's pretty that's neat. Fantastic. Yeah, that's like the neatest part of it. So, you know, I, like I said, I didn't, I never really cared to play music. It's not something I aspire to do. I like to go to shows, but. You know, I went and saw, I went and saw Flag or whatever they fucking call oh, yeah. it now. The that one with the, yeah. Yeah, the one with Keith Morris and I fucking hate Keith Morris, but I love him. Love everything about it. So yeah. I got to saw that and this the descendants are coming soon. So, you
0: know. Does you, do you kids listen to A vale? Have they ever asked to hear it or have they got? They don't really,
1: they, they don't really understand what it is. They just know yeah. that it was a band. They just know that it was a band that I was in and that's it. They don't even, they've. They've seen like videos and it's they don't understand it, you know what I mean? Like they see like yeah. their crazy dad and they see Uncle Tim, you know, yeah. and they see and they see uh uh his son's name is Loudon. they see Loudon's daddy, who's Ed Trask, but that's that's about it. They don't really grasp it really.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's one day hopefully.
1: Yeah, we'll see. One day they'll think yeah. I'm cool. Yeah.
0: Fingers <laughs> crossed. yeah. But, right. So I guess we'll so we'll wrap it up. What um what song kind of, or what songs sum up Bo Butler in 2017, whether it be, you know, something new, something old, something that you've just discovered.
1: Uh, let's see the first track off of in desolation by off of their heads. It's a great song. Okay. Uh, I, I got back into sick of it all. So step down by sick of it all. is a great oh, song.
0: Dude, forget about it. Yeah.
1: Um, obviously I just saw agnostic front. So United blood by agnostic front. Yep. Uh, and uh, let's see everything sucks today by the sentence for sure
0: <laughs> let's end on that that's fantastic <laughs> Oh, dude how good was that um, Thank you for listening I really appreciate it Again I've said it too many times But I mean it every time I say it um, Please feel free to Share this podcast episode And tell all your friends Basically about the uh, My Age podcast and Share the love throughout all the social media Networks whatever ones you use um, And until we do it again At the end of next month Stay safe Keo.
5: Stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows, everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows the captain line. Everybody got this broken feeling, not like their father. Everybody talking to their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem rules. Everybody So many people you just had to black joe still picking cotton for your ribbons and bow and everybody knows and everybody knows that the plague is coming everybody knows that it's moving fast everybody knows that the makers artifact of the past everybody knows the scene is dead but there's gonna be a meter on your bed that will disclose what everybody knows On top of Calvary To the beach in Malibu, Everybody knows it's coming upon Take one last look at this sacred heart Before it blows And everybody knows Everybody knows How it goes